everyone, this is Austin. And I'm Callie. And this is episode number four of our K&A Swing podcast. Woot woot. <laughs> I'm really glad you count because I really don't. It's okay, I almost forgot. I, well, I think the thing is I just talk so much that a lot of times I just forget what's recorded and what's not. I feel a lot of times when you talk so much, you kind of forget the point that you were going for. You just go in a circle and then you get back to the beginning and you're like, what did I want to talk about again? <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> so what are we talking about today, Callie? Um, so actually, I kind of wanted to s discuss um, kind of the things that are a little more, you don't think about it going into a partnership, like things that we wish we would have known going into our partnership, whether it be money, whether it be socially, whether it be whatever, um, just kind of those things. Gotcha. I feel that's a really big can of worms for me because I, it, <laughs> I feel the answer is almost everything. The funny thing about it. Uh, I think the number one thing that hit me first was actually um, the social construct of it all. Okay. Um, two reasons. One, it changed how I had to interact while at dance events. And then two, it had to change how you and I actually interacted as friends and partners. Um, so I'll dive in first well, with, with the aspect at events. Because, well, can I ask you this? Mm -hmm. um, just as a baseline, right? What was your initial, I guess... What did you expect to happen going into a partnership? What was the expectation? Because obviously we know the reality, but what was the expectation going in that you had? Um, so the expectation that I had going into it was just that I would pretty much get to do the exact same things within my life and I would just have a routine now. Yeah, yeah. Um, apparently I was really bad about that throughout all of my college years. Same thing, like I had a job and when I got involved in West Coast, I was like, oh, I'll just do the exact same things and nothing will be bad and I won't plan, like I never planned ahead. So that that coordinated into this too, where I didn't think that it, much would change at all. I just figured, oh, me and you will have a routine to do now. Well, we just have one more thing to compete in on the weekend. In actuality, that's all I kind of really thought. Oh, okay. So you didn't think it would change like your social life, your love life, your financial life? Yeah, I didn't plan. Okay, okay. <laughs> I look back at that Austin, and I just think he's dumb. That Austin was stupid. That Austin just figured, oh, I'll practice a little bit, and oh, I'm just getting my feet wet. I know it's something that would be fun, but I didn't think of it as a commitment in any way, even though I you know, told you that I understood that it was a commitment. And yeah, stuff. that was a thing. <laughs> Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, the way that our partnership started was Callie, specifically for years, had been talking to all of her friends, telling everyone very specifically what she was looking for in a partner, and she wanted this commitment, she wanted to hit it hard, she wanted to be this traveling professional and all these things, and I stated that that's what I wanted too. I remember very specifically, it was at the open, and I remember watching routines and just coming away from this with this big high of wanting to do routines. Mm -hmm. And so in that heat of the moment, I was like, Callie, I'm game. Let's do it. I'll hit it hard. I want to go. But I didn't necessarily know what all that entailed. I just knew that I wanted to do what I saw on the floor. That's all yeah. I saw. So we, I saw the end product and I wanted that, but I didn't realize the amount of work and effort it, I had to put into it. That's fair. And you also didn't really think it was going to change your world either. Yeah, definitely not. Um, I didn't realize 
how much it would drastically impact my work decisions, my social decisions, mm-hmm. um, my financial decisions. I didn't realize how much of a factor that would play. And your life timeline. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, obviously, for me, I kind of always had a sense of where I was going, but I know for you, you always kind of thought, oh, I'm going to get, you know, a nine to five job, get married, have kids, do the, you know, whole house and whatever thing. And what, like, what timeline was that versus clearly now that we're in our late 20s, that hadn't happened yet. Yeah, I think for me, it, it just kind of put the pause button on everything. Um, That's the weird thing about it. Whenever I was in college, I was going to school for uh, radio, uh, radio, television, and film. So film editing, making movies, making videos, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And originally, I knew that I wanted to go into crisis management. I actually wanted to open up my own company for crisis management. And what crisis management does is anytime somebody screws up big time, then they would call me and I would come in and be contracted into their business to run their PR, run their videos, run their advertisements, run everything to kind of dig them out of this hole Um, Mm -hmm. and I wanted to do that. And then once I got really heavily involved in dance, the pause button just kind of got hit on that. It wasn't as passionate for me anymore. I just really loved dancing. I really loved traveling. I really loved meeting all these people and teaching and all that stuff. So it just kind of put the pause button. And I, I guess I just never realized how quickly life passes you by as you're pursuing a different dream. Clearly you never watched, uh, Ferris Bueller. (laughs) Not at all. Don't look around. You might miss it. Exactly. Well, and I guess, and I, like I said, I think that's just what happened. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that for me, it wasn't so much as a pause. It was a replace because Mm -hmm. when I came from, you know, figure skating after I was done with figure skating, I didn't really have the next thing lined up. I went to college because that's what I felt like I was supposed to do, but it wasn't like I knew what I was gonna do. I wasn't really passionate about anything. And so when I saw, you know, West Coast Swing for the first time and me being like, that's it. I know how much it takes because I did figure skating and I did play softball. So I knew that there was, it's kind of the odyssey right in front of you. You're going, oh, yep, this is the, what is it? The 10 year journey, 30 year journey, whatever it was, the long freaking journey. That's what I know. And I was fine with it. But so for me, it wasn't so much of a halts the life because I didn't know if I wanted to get married or what timeline that would be. If I ever wanted kids, I always knew I wanted a corgi, though. (laughs) That (laughs) doesn't surprise me at all. It was always a focus. But I didn't really have that type of personal timeline. I only had a career timeline Mm -hmm. of, hey, I don't care what happens in my life outside of this. This is the goal I want, and I don't want anyone standing in my way of getting it. Yeah. So for me, that wasn't so much of a shock. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I know for you, you've always been super goal-oriented, and I'm a lot more time-oriented, so it makes sense. Well, you also hold social different than me, right? Or like personal life of, you know, hey, this is what I want to be doing things, and this is when I want to be doing things. Yeah, I mean, I definitely didn't like the concept of being in college and not having a social life anymore. Because in essence, whenever you and I partnered, that's how it felt a lot of the time. Because most nights, 
I would be driving all the way to Arlington from Denton, which for those of you who don't know, that's about a 45 minute or so drive. So I'd be driving 45 minutes to go and practice for two to three hours and then driving 45 minutes back. And then I would do that. I think we were practicing what, two or three times a week. Um, um, it was two times a week when we started. Yeah, two times. I tried to make it five, but we, we settled, we settled on, on two. two. <laughs> but, but yeah, so I, I didn't realize how much of a time commitment it would be. And I didn't like the fact that I was going to school, working 32 hours a week, having to travel back and forth between Denton and Arlington, and never really feeling like I had time for myself. Because I was also the uh, teacher at the UNT Country Western Dance Club, Yeah, too. you were. So not only was I learning dancing, I was teaching dancing, I was taking lessons, and now I was practicing. And it just felt like it consumed my life. And I didn't like the fact that I didn't have a social life in college. Do you regret pushing back on it? Or do you think that that's time well spent? I'm not judging you as your partner. <laughs> not judging you as your partner, just asking. Honestly, I, I don't think I can answer that question just because looking back, sure, I can state, oh man, if I was pushing harder, we would have made it further faster. Yeah. As anybody looking back 2020, right? Hindsight's 2020. But I also know that I really enjoyed a lot of the times that I had in college, so I can't really complain about it. So I'm, I'm pretty content with it. I really enjoy that you said hindsight's 2020, but uh, for 2020, all that work meant nothing. <laughs> Because, you know, virus. <laughs> it was right there. It was right there. <laughs> it was. You're welcome. I mean, I think the one thing I truly didn't expect, and that just goes off of, you know, everyone looks back and is smarter. I think the thing I had the hardest time with was actually having to learn to work with people. Mm -hmm. And I mean that in a, in a genuine way, because people who are like me, who are very lone wolves, I never really had a lot of friends. I never really had, you know, a group. Even even in softball, I if I didn't like how much we were practicing as a team, I was going to go home and I was going to pitch to the fence mm -hmm. until the neighbors started yelling at me for breaking their fence yeah. and pitching to it. You know, so so I think that for me that was one thing that I found incredibly eye-opening. And I wish somebody had told me, like, hey, I know I know this is your dream. I know that you are prepared for the long journey, but mm -hmm. be prepared for you are going to have to work with someone. You can't just step on them. You can't drag them. You can't have them drag you. And there's no knight in shining armor who's going to come scoop you up and take you to where you want to go. This is going to be dumb and dumber playing a lot of guessing games because, you know... Mm -hmm figure skating, you have a coach with you from the time that you're little until if you if you ever get so good to be in the Olympics, they're the coach on the sideline. Yeah. And you have those people who are intermediaries all along the way. And I felt like for us, that wasn't there. Yeah, I mean, I feel that... I never really struggled going into thinking of it as working with somebody because playing sports and everything like that, yeah. I didn't look at it like you did, where it's like, oh, even if my team isn't practicing, I'm going to go home and practice harder. I personally just, that wasn't me. Mm -hmm. um, I think I more so struggled with the concept of having a friendship and a partnership. Mm, yeah. And those dynamics don't necessarily stay the same just because... You might be more passive as a friend doesn't mean you're going to be passive as a partner. 
And I had to learn that. And that was the biggest thing that I had to learn with you specifically is at that time we were just friends. And within that friendship, I was the one that drove the ship. I was always the one that was, all right, we're going to go here. All right, we're going to do this thing. And you were always like, okay, cool. Yeah, group, come Um, hang out. And everyone goes, yes. Yeah, but in a partnership, it wasn't that way. And so I had to learn a brand new dynamic of, oh, this person is my equal or, oh, this person is even better than me in some cases because I know that you came in with ballet, tap, jazz, performance, all this stuff that I didn't have. And I had to really, really get a hold of myself. And um, some of you might have heard this story in person from me before, but I always talk about it that the only reason Callie and I are still partners is a come to Jesus heart to heart moment (laughs) that happened outside of dance altogether. We were actually heading back from Barry Jones's birthday party in Dallas and Callie just pulled me aside. Like, I don't remember, you aren't crying or anything. No. Because Callie doesn't cry. She doesn't do that. But I'm a robot. She, (laughs) but what she did do is she just came to me and she was like, Hey, even as a friend, I don't think that we can talk. I feel that anything I'm going to say, you're going to be, is going to be met with defensiveness. And, Mm -hmm. and I don't even feel like as a friend, we can talk anymore. And I was like, well, I don't want you to be able to, I don't want you to feel that way. And so it made me feel really bad that I, that I was being that kind of a partner. And I was like, looking back that, that was definitely how I was. And so because of that come to Jesus moment or that, that heart to heart. No, this is the South. It's a come to Jesus (laughs) meeting. It's a come to Jesus meeting. Because of that, we were actually able to continue our partnership and work on our communication. And that was honestly the hardest thing for me. And the number one thing that I wish I knew is, hey, when you're going into this, know that you're getting into a partnership that's 50-50. Know you're getting into a partnership in which you have to respect the other person's opinion just as much as you respect your own. Because if not, you're never going to get anything done. Yeah. And I think I think in, in respect to that, you were very unaware that I'm two different people in business and in normal life yeah you know in my personal life i am very like lackadaisical i'm very carefree and then as a business person i am very very this is what needs to get done let's get it done this is how it's going to get done so so i do feel bad in that way because it must have felt like a really kind of what's the turn right turn i don't know like a a 180 almost yeah you know, because I'm so opposite as a business person than I am as a friend or as a significant other or whatever, I tend to be totally opposite. Yeah. I mean, I think that that goes for a lot of people and a lot of dynamics. And so you just have to sit down and actually have a conversation about it. And I feel that we had actually done that. I just didn't listen because... It's true. Because at the very beginning... <laughs> You told me point blank. You stated, this is what I want in a partner. And that wasn't this lackadaisical person. No. So I should have been able to take it or understand that that's where you're coming from. So it was just my bad for not really listening. But like I said, I think that that was one of the bigger things. The other huge thing for me was the financial aspect. All the hidden costs and fees. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that traveling costed money. I knew that going to events costed money. What I didn't expect were the floor fees, right? Ooh, Spending yeah. 10 to $12 an hour to work on a floor when you're practicing four hours at a time, four to six hours at a time, mm-hmm, and that's yeah. two to three days a week. So you're, it's a big investment unless you can work out a deal it's with like the studio owner. It's like 120 bucks a yeah. week. Unless you can find a deal with a studio owner or you get like a 24-hour fitness membership and use their floors. 
but I just didn't expect that. I also didn't expect uh, the pricing for costumes, right? Unless you're making your own costume, costumes will run anywhere between, what, 500 to 1000 to $1,500, depending on how many stones you want on there and all that other stuff. And that's even if you can find a costumer. Yeah. You and, and I had a whole flames. Flames. <laughs> yeah, we, we definitely struggled finding a costumer. The first few years, we actually just made our own costumes. Mm -hmm. And if I do say so myself, they don't look terrible. They, 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 it's true. It's true. They, they, they served look, the purpose. They, they served the purpose. It's true. They were good when we were amateurs. Yeah, so that was difficult. But, but yeah, the finance thing for me was just all those unforeseen costs because it's not just going to events anymore. You do have to invest time and money into coaching, into practicing, and all these things. And with coaching specifically, I feel even for us, we got coaching few and far between. Which, so far between. Which I definitely don't recommend because yeah. at that point, it's just the blind leading the blind. And it caused so many more arguments that didn't need to happen and stuff like that. So that other cost of, oh, you're going to be investing more money into this other thing. Um, it's, it's extremely worth it. I'm not saying don't do routines by any means, but I'm just stating that. There are these costs that I know that I didn't think about. You just don't think about it. You don't know it, right? I can say firsthand, I didn't know how many lessons it would take. You always think, you know, you go to the store, grocery store, you say, I want this, you pay for that, and then you have that thing. Yeah. And that's not the way it is with education because I could get there, I could learn that piece of information, and if I don't get it on tape, if I forget it, if I don't learn it correctly, if I learned it correctly, but then it twists in my head to become something bad, take it to some extreme that it didn't need to go. And so you're constantly taking these lessons and that's something I grossly underestimated. Mm -hmm. Even even though I had, and I think it's because in ice skating, I was always with a coach. Yeah. So those bad habits didn't get to form and mutate mm -hmm. because I saw my coach the next day and my coach would go, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, I don't know what you told me yesterday. Well, no, not like that. Okay, we're working on that. And they would tweak it, right? Yeah. But when it's your own money coming out of your own pocket for these lessons and you realize that something in your brain has mutated it, it's not right, you maybe yeah. learned it wrong, maybe you overthought it, Mm -hmm. And then you have to pay for another lesson and another lesson and they really start to add up. Well, that's already on top of your own like Jack and Jill lessons. Because exactly. at that time lead follow lead follow or yeah. whatever whatever lessons. At that time I was taking weekly to mm -hmm. get better and better with my own Jack and Jill dancing. But then having to add an additional amount of money to go into coaching for choreography is just a whole nother level. And it, it just adds up and it's something that I I know I didn't really contemplate whenever we first partnered yeah well and I think I told it to you because we talked about performance and how different doing routines were from doing just a lead follow dance or a Jack and Jill as far as I, I equate it to in theater we have plays and movies mm -hmm. and then you have improv yeah and improv is a totally different creative beast and skill set than memorizing words memorizing where you go and being on a camera or whatever it is, to me, those are two totally different things, totally different skill sets. But most people who aren't in theater go, oh, well, performing on TV is performing on TV regardless. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that that was something you struggled with too, was Jack and Jill performances or like lead follow performances needed to be different from your routine performance where you're the only one out there and that bar has really got to be raised. Yeah, I just felt that it was just a different mentality. And, and the thing that stuck with me the most was the fact that when I had started doing routines, I had done about three years of Jack and Jill's. Mm -hmm. And the number one thing that people had to remind me about it was, hey, you've put three years of your life and education into this facet. So that's why you're seeing results. That's why you're seeing success. Just because you're an intermediate, advanced, all-star Jack and Jill dancer doesn't mean you're going to be that same dancer in routine realms because they're completely different items. Mm -hmm. And that was the number one thing that I feel I had to have beaten into my brain because I kept seeing success in Jack and Jill's, but then I wasn't seeing it in routines and I'd get extremely discouraged. And so I had to change my mentality of like, no, this is just completely different. And it takes a completely different skill set for me to learn it. So Yeah. Well, and the bar is different. If you have a bad leg or arm line in a Jack and Jill, nobody really thinks much about it because it's improv. Yeah. But in a routine where you've had the time to perfect it, you have a bad arm line, bad leg line, someone's going, why haven't you fixed this? It's very obvious. Yeah. And then both of us have to look at each other and be like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I've just always assumed my arms and my legs and my feet were perfect, so... I think that's on you. Man point. <laughs> Man point. So the, the half point and you call it good enough. <laughs> it's close. It's close. But yeah, so I guess for me, those are those are just the main points um, that yeah. I, I definitely didn't consider whenever I first started. So if I had to summarize it all, right? Yeah. It would be the financial aspects between going to practices and doing floor fees and costumes where actually having to find a costumer that would work with us is really difficult. Uh, the partnership aspect, meaning how you and I communicated one way in a relationship, but one way in a dance partnership, that yeah. was a whole new beast that I had to tackle. And then the last one was just the social implications where at events, I didn't get to treat them as I wanted to. They at first for me were always just fun and games. I could go to room parties, I'd go and hang out with my friends and stay out till three, four, five, six AM to social dance, but then once once I was in a dance partnership, I had to be mindful of what that did to you. That's true. Now real question here though. Do you regret that? No. Would you choose it again over like doing the routines? Knowing knowing where I am now and knowing the trajectory I'm going. Uh -huh. I don't regret it at all. Uh, I love the routines. I love being able to uh, travel the world and dance and perform and teach. Seeing the what the results of that did for me, mm -hmm. I would do it every time. I took you to around the world. It's true. I never, I never growing up thought that I'd actually get to go outside of the country. I was like, I was thought of it as, oh, I'm kind of like the little kid that wants to be an astronaut. And you're like, sure, you will, but. It wasn't until we actually got to go to Germany and got to go to um, London and Norway and all those places that I realized that that, that was a real reality. And so I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it. Yeah. Well, that's good. I, I'm always worried about that because, once again, I knew what I signed up for in most yeah. ways. I will say, obviously, we discussed ways I was shocked by it. Yeah. But I, I'm always... Hopeful, and I granted if you were like, no, nobody do routines. They're the worst, then okay. 
It's all Callie's fault. So if you ever do a routine and you don't like it, we will jointly agree that we're going to blame Callie. Can y'all make a song? Blame Callie, blame Callie. Exactly. Hashtag blame Callie. Anytime anything goes wrong in your performances, anytime anything goes wrong in your... And anything in dance routines, it's just blame Callie. Exactly. It's going to be a hashtag. Well, I feel like we could go on about this forever, but like I'm going to wrap it up here. But I think I think that's cool that there's just so many different facets that we never really considered before this. And now we're kind of reflecting on it. What is this, like six years later? Mm-hmm. Five years later? It's five. Yeah. Five years later and kind of seeing, oh... Oh, these are all the things, and I can't wait to see what we look back and go, oh, oh no, we didn't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, so I hope that everybody that was listening uh, enjoyed it and, and kind of was able to take something from it. If y'all are planning on doing a routine, please do. It's definitely worth it. Just make sure to have these conversations with your partner, and if you have any questions, you can always shoot us an uh, email or a message or Facebook us, anything, and we'll make sure to have everything linked below. So hopefully y'all enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you guys so much for listening to us. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. See ya.